0: We start today our series on Star Wars, and again, the only place you're going to see that Star Wars theme is in the music, but I hope you followed. We're looking in the coming weeks, all the way through the end of August, we're looking at the idea of a cosmic battle that's going on that often we cannot see and yet rages, and how we can be victorious in that, during that battle, in that battle, because these might well be the latter days of of time. Now there's a great story over in 2 Kings, and we're not going there this morning, but in 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a great story, and and I've used it several times because I love it so much, and it goes something like this, the king of Assyria was was, messing with Israel. And and so the prophet Elijah all right, was, was there, and he was telling the, the king of Israel, hey, this is what the king of Assyria is going to do. king of Assyria got all mad and especially got mad when he found out Elijah was the spy. And it wasn't really a spy. God was telling him, and he was telling the king of Israel so they wouldn't get ambushed and stuff. But anyway, so they're there, and they're in the town of Dothan. And um, the, the servant of the Lord, the servant of, of Elijah, wakes up early in the morning, and I always imagine this scene in Africa, and we're in Africa, you know, we get up early in the morning, we make coffee, and in my mind's eye, of course, I'm not sure they drank coffee, probably did not drink coffee, but in my mind's eye, I see this servant waking up, dawn is breaking, and he's making the morning coffee, you know, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup, and so he's making his Folgers, and as daylight becomes more and more obvious, he sees something, and he sees surrounding the city of Dothan. All these enemy um, horses and chariots and soldiers. And, of course, um, he goes into full-blown panic mode. And so he wakes up Elijah and he says, Master and Master, what are we going to do? And so Elijah sees all these, these horses going there. And, but he says to the servant, now this is crazy. He says to the servant, he says, hey, don't worry. There's more for us than there is for them. And again, don't we often, when we face a huge conflict or battle, don't, if someone said that to us, we go, yeah, right. It's kind of like, you know, when you're in the middle of a you know, big illness or something, and, and the pastor, in his, all his wisdom, says something like this, don't worry, just trust God. And you go, well, I'd like to do that, but however, it's kind of hard right now because the physical evidence demands that I worry. Have you had that circumstance besides me? Yeah. And so, so here he is. And so he says to this guy, don't worry because there's more for us than there is for them. And so Elijah understands that he doesn't get it. And so here's what he says to God. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. Open his eyes that he might see. And God answers that prayer. And then through a supernatural realm, he can see what Elijah has already seen. And that is, the scripture says in Second Kings chapter 6, the, the scriptures say that the, um, the mountain was full of angelic beings and horses and chariots of fire. And let me ask you a question. How many of y'all think that was a game changer? And see, just, isn't that an incredible story? Now here's, just like that story is true. And by the way, I believe that it's from the word of God and I believe that it's true. So just like that story is true, here's what I want you to take home already today. That there is a battle raging that we cannot see often the full impact of it. And the series that we're going to embrace these coming seven or eight weeks is the thought and the idea that there's a cosmic battle going. It's a battle between God and Satan. And it's a battle between good and evil. And we want to look at the principal players... This morning, I say if this plans out like I think, we're going to look at our Father, our God, our Godfather. We're going to look at Him. And then tonight, we're going to look at Satan. And then next week, we're going to start looking at, just one service, the principal techniques of Satan. Because I think we need to be aware of how Satan acts. So, what's going on in the world today? Again, you need to understand that this is all about good and evil. It's not about bad people and good people, what is going on today is a battle between evil and good. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have to search for a new illustration this week. You, you have to be almost blind and deaf to not be able to see the impact of evil in our world today. So, this week, a guy gets in a truck. A guy who, there's debate whether he was, certainly ISIS has already said he's one of our soldiers, yet he wasn't a very devout Muslim, but one thing's for certain, it was evil. And he gets in a truck, and he plows through a crowd of tens and 20 and 30 and 40,000 people as they are celebrating with their families uh, the French Independence Day in East France, running over men, women, women, and children, and it really brings validity, David, to the video. That, but understand, ISIS is evil because ISIS is evil. It's an evil thing. It's not necessarily bad people, good people. It's an evil thing. And over 80 people, he injured more, but he, over 80 people died in that rampage. This same week, in the country of Turkey, which is one of our biggest allies, um, a coup happens, and normally I would go, "Coo hoo, who cares?" But knowing the role that Turkey plays in our strategic battle over there against ISIS, and because of the instability, instability of the Middle East, it instantly caught my eye. And because our friends were there, it instantly caught my eye in a very big way. And if that coup had succeeded. I want you to know something: it would change the face of the Middle East in a very very major way. And I tell you all of that to tell you there is a battle raging. And it's coming. Have you figured out yet? It's coming home. It's here in our country. And we as believers in Jesus Christ, yes the church must be the church, but we as believers must be prepared for the new day that we're living in. Now, potentially, potentially we are seeing some of the final chapters written in human history. Now, do you see how I worded that? Potentially, we are living in some of the final chapters of human history. I say it that way because of this. Only God knows. Just when I think things can get no worse in, in mankind's heart and I, when I think nothing can get worse than, than that, then it does. So I do know this, that my father... Sovereign God is in control. I know he has a time picked out when this world is going to die. You know, I think it's so funny. Everybody's, you know, all all worked up about the earth dying. Well, guess what? The earth is dying. That would be a good place for an amen. The earth is dying because God made it that way. There will be a time when the old earth will pass away and the new earth will come. But people are all upset and wound up because of a dying earth, but that's exactly the way God designed it. And it could be that, that the time for the end times is now. One thing we know for certain is that new chapters are being written in our nation day by day by day. So these are critical and these are challenging times that we are living in today. So, so what we want to do today is we want to grasp back, we want to look back into eternity, and I want to take a look at four attributes of God. And then and I like say, you know, have you ever noticed how the interviews for the Super Bowl winners always are a lot more than the Super Bowl losers? Well, Satan's the loser, so I'm not going to give him prime time. Okay, he gets Sunday night. He gets he gets the lesser time. All right. So so what I want to do today is I want to look at four attributes of God, who He is, and how blessed we are to be able to call Him God, and how hopefully it will encourage and strengthen us in our daily walk uh, during this time that well are challenging times. Uh, I love the song that we talked about last week. You know, I am not a slave of fear. I am a child of God. I am a slave. I'm not a slave of fear. I am a child of God. And, and He's a dear, dear Father. That's who He is. And I am loved by Him. That's who I am. That's who I am. Now, there are two two things that you hear coming out of my mouth every once in a while. One a lot and the other one's secondary. And I've got Rick planning to put the second one up. I'll, that'll be the second one, Rick. I'm going to say something first. There are, two ab- there are two absolutes that you have got to nail down. And I I'll, I'll only spend time on this because I really believe that we need to nail it down in our hearts. And the first one... Um, is this that the word of God is bigger, stronger, and more powerful than man's word. I know, I know, I know, I know you go, boy, that's really profound. Man, I'm glad I got, came to church. My pastor affirmed the word of God being stronger than men. Yeah, you need to hear that because sometimes we live like men are stronger. We we I find ourselves constantly. Can someone say constantly? I find ourselves constantly. Living our lives, with our mouths we say, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God, but in our lives I see us living as if the word of God is not true. I'm telling you in these days, hey listen to you mamas and daddies, listen to you young parents, listen to you grandparents, if there's a time when you have absolute faith in the word of God, it is time to live it, it is time to tell it, and it is time to teach it. Your children need to know that you believe the word of God is true and you cannot say to your children, I believe the word of God is true, and then deliberately disobey it. You're going to have, some, some people were saying this morning, it's confusing today. You want real confusion? Just go ahead and tell your kids you believe the word of God is the word of God and then live as it doesn't exist. You're going to have bipolar Christian kids. They're going to know what they believe. So it's hugely important. You've got to affirm. And if you want me to, I'll go over it one more time. It stood the test of time. It was, it was written by, by 40 authors. contains 66 sacred writings. It took 1600, year, uh, yeah, 1,600 years for it all to be written down. They are not revision 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 because God got it right the first time. I'm telling you, this book is the real deal. You can trust it. It has stood the test of time. Now, the second thing, and Rick, this is where you can throw that up for me. And and I I just grabbed some short wording that I can remember, but it's this. The undeniable always tops the unexplainable. The undeniable always tops, tops the unexplainable. I'm smiling because I wanted to say... The undeniable always trumps the unexplainable, but I didn't know if that was politically correct in today's world. <laughs> Somebody might say, yeah, you're giving commercials and tape in church. No, no, no. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't mind looking you in the eye as your pastor. I don't mind looking you in the eye and telling you I have some things I don't understand. There's things about God I don't understand. There's things about creation I don't understand. There's things about earth I don't understand. There's there's questions I have about the Word of God that I don't understand. But here's the deal. There are a lot more things that are simply undeniable. Simply undeniable. And I refuse. and, And you need to start refusing too. I refuse to let the unexplainable trump the undeniable. Because if I'm going to say, well, since I don't understand this, I don't understand this, this, this thing. I talk in this, and somehow it transmits waves back there through this and makes my voice loud. I don't understand. Judy's iPhone broke. Seeing how she treats her phone, I understand that part. That's not the part I don't understand. But, but I watched them, and, they, and I went down to the shop, and they had an iPhone tour apart And, you know, there's an amazingly few number of parts, but they're like micro big. And I'm going, I don't understand how that dude receives a signal and takes that signal and makes graphics out of it and allows my voice to be transferred and, and all of that. I don't understand it, but I don't go. I refuse to deny the fact that it exists. I don't say, iPhone, you don't exist because I don't understand you. Why do we apply that to God? In fact, aren't you just kind of glad you've got a God you don't fully understand? Aren't you kind of glad that your God's so big that you can't explain everything about Him? That would be a pretty small God knowing how small our brains are. So I'm grateful. But you've got to know... Now, I'm speaking to believers this morning. If you're a Christ follower, if you are a believer, you've got to say, Okay, there, I, I don't understand everything. But there are some undeniables that I just can't let go away. And I refuse to let the unexplainables trump the undeniables. Rather, I always let the undeniables trump the unexplainables. You've got to nail those two things down. Because there's always going to be somebody out there who's better verbally with a debate. If you're not careful, they're going to have you saying, well, you're right, that can't be. What about this and what about that? That's where faith comes in. And we are called to be a people of faith. Amen? So, so two things you really need to nail down in the world you're going to live in. And again, if you're, if you're 70 years old today, you didn't need to worry about that in 1950. Because even Bubba, Bubba who beat his wife and, and Bubba who didn't go to church but once a month. Bubba knew there was a God and Bubba knew that there was a, there was a word and a God. And he obeyed in his own form. That's what Bubba did. You know, people didn't go to church still believed in God. But guess what? It's not 1950 anymore. So we've got to be armored. We've got to be equipped for what lies ahead of us. So what are four attributes? And, and Rick, I don't think this is going to line up. So Rick, you, may have to, uh, just, you may have to jostle what's on that screen, Rick. Okay? The first thing, me, first thing I want to show you is Psalm 41, 13. And the first attribute is this. God is timeless. God is timeless. Now, those of us who have been to Africa have a smidgen of an understanding of that. Um, And no way is God bound by time or or, or uses time in the sense that we use time. If you've been to Africa, you may have an appointment at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to go see an African. And he may show up at, you know, be home at 5 o'clock. And the standing joke is African time. In America, we all have these things, most of us. if we don't have this, we've got one in our pocket. And if we say we're going to be there at 10 o'clock, even the millennial generation, who's kind of like, you you know, even they are there within 15 minutes or so. It's kind of usual. Husbands, I know what you're saying about your wife right now. You don't know my wife. She knows church starts at 10.15, and if we get here by 10.30, it's an absolute miracle. I get that. But, but but the bottom line is, we are so mastered by time in America, but Africans aren't. And guess what? God is not at all. Now, the first way that's true is, it's one, He has no beginning and no end. He has no beginning. He has no end. Listen to Psalm forty-one thirteen. 13. Blessed, um, honor, uh, salute, um, to kneel or bow down. Blessed be the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Blessed be the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Now, in my preparation today, I have terrible sense of direction. But if I understand it correctly, if I turn around like this, I am facing north. Is that right? Good. Shoot that thing. See, God's in control. Okay, so, so I'm facing north. Which means watch this, you're fixing to be amazed If I point this way, I'm pointing west. OK, go. Cool. Now now in your mind, I want you to go with me real quick. If I'm facing, if I'm facing north and looking and pointing west, and now I'm going to look west, if I look in that direction, I'm going to go through um, Missouri and Arkansas and Kansas and Colorado and Utah and California. I'm going to jump off those California cliffs. And I'm going to swim across the ocean. If I'm lucky, I'll hit Hawaii and stay a while. Keep going. eventually I'm going to be in in Asia. And I'm going to be in China and the Philippines and all of that. Okay? Can you imagine that in your mind's eye? Okay. So imagine this. Imagine I'm not turning west. I'm looking in the past. And when God's Word says God is from everlasting to everlasting, He says just look in the past and keep going. Forever. Forever, forever, and ever. How long do we go? And ever. God has no beginning. That's a good place for an amen. If you look at eternity past, God always was. Now, I'm facing north again, which means this should be east. And now, if I go east, I'm going to go through Indiana, I'm going to go through uh, maybe western Kentucky, the far reaches of Tennessee, going to hit north and south Carolina, going to jump off the coast and swim over to England or to France or to, to Ireland, someplace there. And kept going, I would go to, finally to the Middle East and I'd end up somewhere over in Russia. Imagine in your mind's eye now, this is the future. This was the past. This is the future. Imagine now... Forever and ever, as far further than you can see, forever and ever, that's the future. When the, the Word of God says, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, He's speaking of a God that has no beginning and no end. No beginning and no end. He's not bound from time at all. But then, God, in His graciousness, Gives us a scripture like Revelation 22, 13. And here he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And he does that for us. Because he knows we are bound by time. And he's trying to demonstrate to us how big he is. When he says he's the... First, the Alpha and Omega, or where's Alpha being first, the, the Alpha and Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, the end. He's saying, going, go back to where you can think of me being. It may have been a crisis in your life. You know, maybe when you are five years old, you went to Bible school. and may be ten years old when you met Jesus. Go somewhere in your past and watch. Regardless of where you are in your past, because we're time people, Wherever we go back in our alpha, in our first and beginning, I'm there. I'm there. God, as long as you've been, and some of y'all have been like like 90 years old long, some of us have been 62 years long, some of you have been 40 long, and some of you have been 16 long. But as long as you've been in your world, in your alpha, in your first, in your beginning, God was there. And guess what? He'll be in your omegas too. I'm trying to tell you this morning that you've got a God that has always been there and always will be there. If you'll look back in your past and there are these horrible things that went on, I don't know. You let your mind, let you, let your brain remember how hard, difficult situations were, and your God was faithful. He was always there in your past. And past performance does indicate future performance. And some of you have got some tragedies coming up that you don't even know about. Some of you have got some doctor diagnosis you don't even know about. Some of you have got a pink slip you don't know about. Some of you are saying, what kind of world are my grandkids going to grow up in? Because I'm old enough and I know I'm not going to see it. But what kind of world? And you're kind of concerned about that. Well, you can leave here knowing that God's Word in His Alpha, Omega, first and last, beginning and the end, no matter what that is in the future, whether you're here or not, whether it's tomorrow and you don't know, you've got a God who's already there. And I, I know this sounds crazy, but because He's not bound by time, He's already in your tomorrows just like He's already in your past. Come on, someone say amen. That's the kind of God He... We can't fathom that. We can't fathom that because... We're human. We're finite. But we have a God who's timeless, who doesn't have a beginning or end. There's not, there's not there. You know, I was so, when I went to Frank's sister's funeral on Friday, uh, her name was Hazel Bramlett. I didn't know Hazel. I know Frank, but I didn't know Hazel. And I probably had met her somewhere at a funeral or something. I don't know. But I am so glad I went to that funeral (laughs) You know Frank jokingly said This morning kind of a long service Wasn't it It was about an hour and three or four minutes And I said Frank I wouldn't have missed a minute of it What a wonderful Godly woman But here's the point The point is the service really wasn't about Hazel It's about Jesus and I left there with this strong affirmation in my heart that my God has been there for me in my past. And my God will be there in my futures. <coughs> that I have this strong assurance that no matter what ISIS has planned, no matter what, or what the will of the people is in the election in November, no matter what the economy says next week, that my God will be there. And the song that she sang at the end was, He's always been faithful to me. And I can't get it out of my mind or my heart. Let me read the words to you. There, it's very similar to Great is thy faithfulness. In fact, it starts out, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Morning by morning, I wake up to find the power and comfort. Of God's hand in mine. Season by season I watch him amazed. In all of the mystery of his perfect ways. As I have need of. His hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. I can't remember a trial or a pain. He did not recycle to bring me gain. I can't remember one single regret. In serving God only and trusting his hand. As I have need of, his hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. This is my anthem. This is my song. The theme of the stories I've heard for so long. God has been faithful. He will be again. His loving compassion, it knows no end. All I have need of, his hand will provide. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. And my dear brothers and sisters, you need to know as a Christ follower that He'll always be faithful to you. No matter what your Alpha was, nor what, what your Omega might be, no matter what your, your first or your last, no matter your beginning or your end, He, wills, he was there and He will be there. Then... In 2 Peter 3.8, not only, not only is God timeless because he has no beginning and end, but again, because he is not bound by time. I know I kind of said that earlier, but let me reinforce it again with a scripture. In 2 Peter 3.8, dear friends, Peter says, don't let this one thing escape you. With the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. I remember someone taught this, and I don't know who it was. I can't remember, but it really run my bell. You know, I always think about a thousand years being like a day, how cool is that? But a day like a thousand years? You know, often we say, it's too late for me to start. It's too late for me to change. You know, if you've got one day. God says, for my kingdom, I can take that one day and make it like a thousand years get saved when you're 70, God says, I can take those remaining days you've got and multiply them like thousands of years because He's not bound by time. You know what? We always sing that song. We love the song, Four Days Late. It wasn't four days late. He was right on time in the death of Lazarus. The Bible says in Galatians 4, 4, in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son born of a virgin. At just the right time, and again, those measures of time for our benefit, not for His. So our God is timeless. He was there and will always be there. I don't know what ISIS has planned. I don't know what the Democrats, Republicans, or the will of people have planned. But I know my God, my Father, will be there. The second thing is this. The second attribute is that He is limitless. He has limited us. This scripture is 1 Timothy 1.17. It's one of Paul's many doxologies about God. You know, know, Paul often... See, Paul never got over Jesus, which sounded like a good thing for us. We should never get over Jesus, but he also couldn't get over God and His grace. And here's what he says in 1 Timothy 1.17, King James Version. He says, Now unto the king... Pause. In the Greek there, that word king, carries the idea of absolute... Someone say absolute. Absolute authority. Now let me tell you something. Just a pause. Some of you are all worked up that God can't handle Satan. He's got him handled. The only authority that Satan has is that which God may grant him. If you want an example, Calvary being one. Calvary was not an accident. Pilate was not an accident. The Jewish leaders were not an accident. The Roman government was not an accident. They were granted that authority to crucify the Son of God because our sins needed to be paid for and Jesus was willing to lay his life down. Amen. Yeah. Listen, that's exciting dude. Because see, y'all are all worked up. Oh, what if Satan attacks me? God's bigger than Satan. I'm not saying that, that Satan will not be allowed to mess with you. I'm saying if he does, you mark it down. Your father's got it. Have you heard the book of Job? God's got control. It's probably a good time for me to say, you say, well, I ain't happy. God never said, thou shalt be happy. He said, blessed and joyful. Amen. God would much rather have you holy than happy any day of the week. Amen. Your holiness is... Is so much more value than your happiness. To the king, absolute authority. How long? Eternal. Eternal. Immortal. Um, I'm not subject to death or decay. You know, I know that for... I know y'all... You probably... Every day when I stand to preach for y'all on Sundays, you go, that man does not look 62. <laughs> I know. But it's decaying, trust me. And there's more to decay these days. I was supposed to be funny. Was that intended to be funny? Yes, it was. To the King, eternal, immortal, not subject to death or decay, invisible, eternal, the only wise God, to him be honor and glory ever and ever. Paul's saying, Our God is so big, he is without limit, and he is changeless. Boy, this is good. Hebrews 13.8 says, and this is the English Standard Version, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm trying to say that the God you got is the God you'll have 10 years from now. And 100 years from now. And 10,000 years from today, when by God's grace you're in heaven worshiping Jesus, He'll be the same, you know. Jesus really blew the the uh, Pharisees' mind. He's arguing with them. You know, actually, they're arguing with him, and there's this debate going on. And he said, "Your father Abraham looked forward to my day." And the Pharisee said, "Well, you're not even 50 years old yet. Are you saying Abraham knew you?" And Jesus said in John eight forty four, he said, "I'll tell you this: Before Abraham was, I am." <laughs> I am. I'm not bound by time. I'm timeless. And I do not change. You know why that's so important? Because God never changes. He'll never change his character. Listen now, this is your nugget. He'll never change his mind about you. He'll never change his mind about you. When I find, I don't, you know, my deal thing is just like falling off the wagon. I used to be able to find those incredible deals. And I'd go find these deals, and I would buy it. I told you I didn't have to need it. I mean, I just bought it because it was a good deal. But here's the deal, too. I always check the return policy because you can always take it back. Your Best Buy's return policy, for us elite people, is 30 days. For you normal people, it's 15. But for us elite people, which means we spend money there, it's 30 days. And anytime time in that 30 days... I can go, I don't want this anymore. I'm taking it back. I can go to Sam's. And Sam's is like almost all unlimited. Sam's you to go and say, yeah, I bought this like nine years ago. I think I've changed my mind. Oh, well, that's a little bit long. Yeah, but you know what? You're a member, so yeah, okay. God trumps Sam's Club. He will never change his mind about you. When you've been bought by his grace, when you've been redeemed by his grace, when you've been blood bought by his grace, when you become a child of the king, he'll never change his mind about you. And I mean never. Now someone needs to hear that today because you're pretty well convinced that God's sorry he let you in the family. And I'll tell you who's telling you that. And that's the adversary. And stick around for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to talk about things like that. But God will never change his mind about you. Because he is changeless. And the last one is this. He is matchless. He's matchless. In Genesis 1, 1 and 2. You're probably familiar with this scripture. In the beginning, God created. Pause. God is matchless in a lot of ways. But God is matchless in one really, really important way. He's a -a one-of-a-kind God. You want to know why? Who wants to know why? I need some participation here. Okay, here's why. There's creator and there's created. God is matchless because only He is creator. Everything. Someone say everything. Everything else is created. There's no one like our God. There's no one like our God. He is the creator and everything. Someone say everything again. Everything. Do you believe that? Everything else is created, which means. It must be suburban suburban to to God. Now, that's important. And do you want to know why the world pushes back from God? Because if there is a creator God, then that means that they have to bow to Him. And the human race is having a real difficult time bowing to God. So to admit that they're created by Him would imply that they need to submit to Him. And they don't want to submit. So what do they do? They deny the creating power of God. So, so God is unique in his way that he is creator above all else. Now, here's what he did. Watch this. Verse 2. The earth was formless and empty. Now, I told you I've been watching these TV programs, you know, I, you know like PBS, and they've got how the world was made and all those different things. I still think it's amazing that the scientists will say, now, in the beginning, the earth was kind of like, and this are not exactly their words, but it's the same thing. The world was formless and, you know, void. The amazing part to me is that the writer of Genesis, who was Moses, knew that before scientists did today. How did they know that, I wonder? How did did Moses know that? Oh, that would be God. See, scientists think they're so smart, they're just figuring out the things that God knew all along. And the world was, was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. I told my daughter, Jennifer, it's just amazing. How many of you know how the world got water? Oh, aren't you in the know? Well, let me tell you today because I learned it on TV. And we know Facebook and the Internet and TV does not lie. Well, here's how it happened. So back when there was the Big Bang, and part of the Big Bang results was the sun... And when the sun started doing its thing, it started pulling all this, this stuff around the sun. And part of the stuff kind of had its own gravity and kind of like formed like cobs. And one of the clobs that formed in just the right place was the earth. And as it formed this clob, okay, then, then it, it got to attracting comets. And so after it was kind of clobbish enough, kind of formant enough, okay, t- over 20... Now listen, this is I'm telling you, I heard this on TV. Twenty thousand comets hit the earth. And each comet had a little bit of water in it. And as the comet hit the earth, that little bit of water stayed on the earth until finally we had oceans. Hey, no way, now I saw that on TV. Don't y'all laugh. And you want to hear the funny part? That guy was dead serious. Now, can I just say it one more time? I know I've been saying this a lot because I find it quite humorous. And they think we have to have faith. My daughter and I were watching again. Jennifer and I were watching. Um, what happens if a giant asteroid hits the earth? Have you all worried about that? You know, you know one, I imagine it did happen. big asteroid hit the earth. But, but they're saying it could happen again. And you know what they told us yesterday on TV? They said that if we know decades ahead We can build a rocket, we can shoot that rocket to that asteroid, shoot that asteroid, where's Jennifer at? Now, let me know if I'm correct on this, basically shoot it with paintballs. We could paint the asteroid a different color with paintballs and because of the sun's reflection on the asteroid, it would change its projectory if we knew far enough. Ahead, Jennifer looked at me, and I looked at Jennifer. And I went, what? And they think we've got to have faith? No. Let me tell you how it went down. In the beginning, God created it. I'll go with that one. Hey, would you please? Any- So the Spirit was hovering over... we got to hurry. Aren't you glad I cut the sucker in half? I'll tell you what. Verse 2, And now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, here, me, here's, how, here's how John describes it. Now we're in the New Testament. In John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now verse 14 makes it clear. That the Word was Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. So, so in the beginning, He affirms the fact that Jesus was there. But look at verse number 3. All things were made through Him. And without Him, was, nothing was made that was made. Let me read that again. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, He just simply says this. In the triune God, Jesus... Was the creative agent. He was the maker. Of how much? Everything. Everything. Creator. And created. Now, now, the bottom line of all this. Is our God is so wonderfully unique. That as you face the uncertain days of the future. Whether it's personally. Or whether it's nationally. Or whether it's, you know, in the in the you know, in the idea of how this thing's going to all end, face it with the knowledge of this, that you have a God who's big enough and strong enough and who's sovereign and control. He is the creator of all things. And the best part is that includes us. Not not a zillion years ago, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 years ago, in the Garden of Eden. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the many of you, and like me, who one day met Jesus. And the Bible says that every man who's in Christ is what? A new creation. A new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And just like God has the future in control and was there in our past, I want you to know something. If you're here today and this whole Jesus thing is new to you and this God thing, you're going... You know, Dwayne, for the first time, that makes a little bit of sense. You know, well, I want you to know something. God loves you so much that there was a cross, something like that. And Jesus Christ died on that cross, not an accident, not murdered, not martyred. He died on that cross willfully because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I know there's things you don't understand. I know that. I get that. But you know what's the great part? All you need is a starting point. Where's Dave Dave at? All you need is a starting point. And that starting point is faith. It's believing that Jesus lived and he died for our sins. And that we ask him to or or willing to turn from our sins. He'll forgive our sins and we can follow him for the rest of our lives. I know for some that's really hard to understand. But again, just look what science offers. The things that they offer is just crazy. It really is. So we come down to our decision time. And... Uh, What I want to do is, I want to show that video. It's our invitation time. Uh, Rick, I'm probably going to pray first, and then then we'll show this video. Um, I'm going to let you be seated during the video. It's that song I told you about. It's got the words on the screen. I don't think you need to sing along unless you just feel like it's a beautiful song. But I I want to leave the service with, he's always been faithful to me. He's always been faithful to me. I want to leave it with that. And the team's going to come up while the video's playing. And if we need more time, um, then we'll do that. But if God spoke to your heart about, I want to know more about Jesus, uh, I want to know about joining the church family, um, I want to recommit my life to Christ, I need to be baptized, I'll be standing down front during the, during the video, during the video, and we got lot, we're got we back in the old room. I'm glad for that because there's lots of room to stand up. If you'd like to come down, we'll have some guys who can pray with you. I'd be glad to pray with you um, because there's a God who loves you very, very much, and there's a God who can handle your past and he can handle your future. So let me pray, and then this is our invitation time, this music video, he's always been faithful to me. So God, thank you very much for always being faithful to me. Thank you that you are timeless, that you have no beginning, you have no end. And yet, to help us, you put it in words, that we had an alpha and we'll have an omega. We had a beginning, we'll have an end. We had a first and we'll have a last. And you are faithful, and you're always there. Always there. Always there. Thank you so much for that. Thank you that you're limitless. Thank you that you're matchless. You're a one of a kind God. There's not another one like you because you are the Creator God. So we give this time to you. Use this video to bring comfort to some hearts that might be troubled today. You've always been faithful to me. And Jesus, I pray this. In your precious name, amen.